0: Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 6 of Intention Training. Today, we're going to be talking about habits and bulking.
1: Yep. We put out a poll, and it was pretty much dead even. So we decided we would cover them both. Um, We're going to try to give you guys... A perspective, our our own experience um, with both habits and bulking and how we go about them, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And then we, of course, did a little research for you guys. Um, we're going to try to keep it pretty surface level for that, um, not overwhelm you guys with too much. Um, yeah, I thought before we get into that stuff, people might be interested in hearing about what we are doing these days. So yeah what are you doing these days
0: so I am finishing up my last trimester of college and it's a lot and I'm also training people on the side come mm, March I should be out a school and so I'm gonna be taking on more clients um, so if you're interested in training with me or doing some one-on-ones I offer a free week of up to three three workouts so definitely reach out for that um
1: what about your training how's your training going
0: my training's pretty good so i'm about mm, I'm my next powerlifting meet probably isn't until late summer or early fall so i'm taking a really big off season and i'm using this time to put on a lot of mass which i haven't done in really
1: ever have you really
0: ever no I mean, I, like, gained, like, 15 yeah. pounds I Yeah, I mean, it happens organically, but it's
1: different to, like, do a concerted effort, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I guess I always thought that I might have been an easy gainer. <laughs> That's what my dad called, or my dad called me a hard gainer. But I always thought, like, I would gain, like, muscle and weight easier. Um, but I'm kind of finding out. That is not as easy as I think it is.
1: Yeah. Save that for when we get to bulking. Yeah. but, um, yeah, that's awesome. What about you? Um, currently I am on J-term for school where I'm, I'm taking one nine cl- online class, um, and then I'll be back this spring, early February. So until then I'm just working, um, trying to sort out some, an internship for spring summer, looking at a few different places. Um, Working, you know, trying to stay up on research and kind of keep, keep growing in my knowledge when it comes to training and being prepared for all the scenarios that I might come across as a trainer. So, I've been taking on a lot more clients, writing a lot more programs. Um, it's been super fun. I've seen a lot of progress from a few of my clients. We're getting to the point where they're through um, their first cycle. Some of them are are through a couple now, and a couple of, for example, a couple um, feats that they've accomplished was I've had people do their first pull-up, which was awesome. Um, I've had, just had a young man max out his deadlift yesterday, and he had put on 60 pounds since the first time we did it, um, which was only like six to eight weeks ago, so that's pretty sweet. It's been super rewarding and fun. It's a lot of work um, to write the programs and make sure they're comprehensive and that they are individualized Mm -hmm. for everyone, but um, I'm finding it really rewarding and fun. And yeah, it's been good. Um, To kind of touch on my own training, I have my first powerlifting meet February 1st, which is coming up really fast. Um, I'm I'm excited, I'm nervous. um, I'm trying as best I can to just not focus so much on the amount of weight I'm gonna total How much I'm gonna lift but more so just try to make sure that I stay within myself and don't worry about what other people are lifting and go and try and enjoy the experience and um, my main goal is to to at least have a total which for those of you who aren't familiar I don't want to go up there and get crushed by some weights I want to be successful up there and um,
0: nine for nine baby
1: yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. That's coming up quick, and then after that, I'll be transitioning into, um, getting ready for my first physique show this summer. Ooh, so
0: big man. Those,
1: those of you who don't know what that is, it's sort of like a. So there are like three divisions, um, for men where you're up on stage posing. Um, there's. In bikinis. No, I mean maybe. <laughs> So there's physique, and then within that, there's classic, and then I don't even know what the other one's called. But basically, you're either in board shorts, and they don't judge your lower body, or you're in, like, briefs, like, compression shorts, and they judge both your upper body and your lower body, or it's bodybuilding, which is, like, full-on speedo banana hammock. Full-on
0: nudity. Um,
1: and those guys are huge, so I'm obviously not doing that. But I'm going to be doing classic physique, so got to get the spray tan, the makeup, the whole thing. Um, it's going to be very different for me um i expect it to be challenging but rewarding as well and i've got um a coach lined up and i'm feeling ready to attack that i've been trying to gain weight or maintain this heaviest weight that i've ever been for like almost eight months now so i'm ready to lean out and um just do something different for a while, focus on building more muscle and trying to look the best I can, as opposed to trying to be as strong as I can, so, yeah, all right, um, let's get into it, so I think you want to go habits first, yeah, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts, why do you think so many people struggle or have interest in improving their ability to build new habits? And we didn't we didn't prepare for this, so no. I apologize for just throwing the question at you. But I'm I'm curious because I right off the bat, a bunch of people on the poll answered habits. they would rather hear about habits. Oh. Um,
0: I think that building habits and maintaining habits can last you a lifetime, and they're the fastest way to make sustainable change. So, in order, I mean, first you have to make the decision in your mind, but then your body has to follow. Whereas um, if you weren't to create any new habits to reach your goals, it's unrealistic to expect that you're going to reach that goal if you don't have the skills and the habits to get there in the first place. So, you can take, like, um, a huge goal of... Let's say, give me a goal. Give me a New Year's resolution.
1: Uh, I want to bench 275.
0: All right, you want to bench 275. So some habits or without habits getting you getting you there the only thing you're going to be doing is just being like okay I want to bench 275 I might go to the gym here and there but if you make going to the gym a habit that you do uh, five or four to seven days a week just kidding four to six days a week you need a rest day Um, that's going to be a better I mean that becomes habitual for you yeah it's not just like something like nobody's excited to go to the, to the gym every day. <laughs> and habits are something that you do um without questioning it because you know the intention behind it and you don't have to think about that.
1: Yeah, it almost becomes automatic. And we'll talk yeah. a little bit about like the the science and the rationale behind that, but what kind of what I hear saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is just like I that structure and and knowing why and how you're going to go about accomplishing a goal is really important. And that's, Mm -hmm. I've seen that with clients, a lot of these people, it's not that they're not motivated. Um, it's just that they don't necessarily know how to go about it or how to establish something that is going to be sustainable and they can repeat and will get them where they want to go. I think Mm -hmm. people, a lot of times just need guidance and, um, it takes being in touch with yourself to know, what you can and can't sustain when you try yeah. to establish a new habit. So I think a lot of people maybe bite off more than they can chew, um, which is why if I'm encouraging someone who doesn't currently exercise to get in the gym, I'm not going to tell them that they should go train five times a week mm-hmm. for two hours. I'm going to tell them that they should start at one to two times a week and go for as long as and they make can... make that a habit. Exactly. And make that a habit and go from there. And yeah. So... That's kind of what I see um people struggling with when it comes to building new habits. And of course we're not superheroes. We struggle with building new habits. Um yeah. just the same. So yeah. We're um, probably
0: gonna speak really anecdotally here.
1: Yeah, I do have um we'll get into this a little bit. I did find a, a really good article, um so it was called Making Health Habitual The Psychology of Habit Formation in General Practice. And this was by Gardner et al published in the, the British Journal of General Practice in 2012. So they defined forming a habit as repeating a chosen behavior in the same context until it becomes automatic and effortless. So I think that first point is really important because it notes that having a firm grasp on a habit in one context does not guarantee you that it will hold in a different context. And that, for example, if you are Really good about your diet or going to the gym at home. That doesn't mean that on vacation you're going to be doing the same thing. I
0: mean, like not your diet, but your your way of eating.
1: Sure. I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I'd rather use like way of eating, sure. over like diet.
1: Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm bored with that.
0: Um. I think another anecdote that we can use from our own life is like our dog. So she's really good about sitting when there is a treat. She that is a habit uh-huh. for her. Um. But when the treat is not there she is like oh that habit is only applicable to when there's a treat. So
1: yeah, that's an interesting point because in that case you have an external reward, yeah. right? When she completes the habit, she gets a treat. Mm. Um but another example and then I promise we'll stop talking about our dog. <laughs> um but like the context thing. She's great about that inside the apartment, mm-hmm. but if we go outside and there's a bunch of stuff going on, there's Cars in the street honking and stuff. There's no guarantee that she'll sit. She doesn't mm-hmm. have that habit in that context. She only knows the context inside our apartment. So yeah,
0: because because she's lacking that external motivation there, um, and so I think like just coming off of that, um, building habits comes from an intrinsic desire to accomplish something. Um, the extrinsic is not gonna get you there. Like if you're Um, like what I want to do is make a ton of money, um, just to have a ton of money versus I want to make a ton of money so that I can feel well off. I bet that making a ton of money so you can feel well off is going to be much more powerful for you every day.
1: I just wanted to make sure that we explain. So intrinsic is going to be something that is coming from within. It's a, like an innate desire for, for something to accomplish something or for something to happen, so that's like it it's the will inside of you that wants to do something, whereas an extrinsic motivation or reward is something that you are given um in response to completing something or doing something or participating in something. so mm-hmm. when you say that it needs to be intrinsic i I agree to a certain extent, definitely mm-hmm. I think external reward external or extrinsic rewards have their place. And in a lot of the psychology courses I've taken, it a lot of studies show that you can definitely develop an over-reliance on external rewards. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the examples and the studies that I see regarding this are like with little kids, um, mm-hmm. and they'll have like the option to read or to go out for recess, mm-hmm. and they get a reward if they stay in and read. Mm-hmm. If that reward goes away, they're not going to stay in and read, Yeah, because that's not why they're doing it in the first place, versus If you decide that if the kid decides I want to read because I want to get better at reading and I want to get better grades or something like that, that's intrinsic. So that's what we're talking about. And I think the point we're trying to get across here is that there's nothing wrong with an extrinsic reward. But at the end of the day, if that extrinsic or external reward isn't there, are you still going to do it? Are you still going to go to the gym even if they don't give you a gift card for going five times a month or something like that? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think that was good there. Cool. So just a little bit more on the semantics of of what habits are. Habits are actions that are triggered automatically in response to contextual cues. So that's like putting on a seatbelt when getting into a car, um, for example. And then over time and after repetition, dependence on conscious attention or motivation is reduced. Therefore, these habits are more likely to persist even after conscious motivation or interest dissipates so over time these these behaviors become more automatic and we don't have to think about them as much which means that we're much more likely to keep them up because it doesn't take an actual effort mm-hmm. um at this point i don't feel like I, I believe you and i have developed such a habit of going to the gym that we don't even have to think about it too much like
0: we just asked what time we're going
1: exactly it, it, yeah we already know the deal um I'd this like, is a, sorry to interrupt, um, this is a super important point. This was found in the article I referred to earlier. Missing out on performing a habit occasionally does not seriously impair habit formation process. So if you miss a day, that does not mean you're sunk, that doesn't mean you should completely give up on it. You can miss a day or two or three and get back on the get back on the horse and keep going, keep doing what you were doing, and you'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, I'd like to um, speak to that, so... I go to school Tuesdays, Thursdays and Thursdays. Um since my back injury, I've had to take an extra day between squats and deadlifts, so I squat all right, bench Monday, squat Tuesday, bench Wednesday, and then I used to deadlift on Thursdays. But Thursdays happen to be a really busy for me busy day for me at school. And so what I started doing is just taking that as a rest day there, and it also allows me to let my back rest before I'm lifting again, um, and so even though I may have built a habit of doing my deadlifts on Thursdays um, or a bit like a routine around there, it does not uh, change my habits that I stopped going to the gym on Thursday. It just <laughs> makes my habits more efficient at helping me yeah you know get to the gym and have good workouts
1: yeah, and I think what you're speaking to now is a a big point um, within the larger frame of of building habits and sustaining habits and this wasn't mentioned in the article this is just something that I personally experienced and that you were just talking about in that you have to be flexible or adaptable with your habits because there will be times when circumstances or context changes and you can't complete the habit at the same time or in the same fashion that you would otherwise Um, the first example that comes to mind for me is we're typically eating a lot of the same foods day in and day out, but towards the end of the week we're running out of food. We have to go grocery shopping. So rather than freaking out and then you know, going on a a spree or something like that or eating something ridiculous, we Graham make do and we
0: peanut butter, marshmallows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: That's three you food groups. <laughs> but hopefully you guys see what I'm trying to say here. It's that You have to be flexible and not too rigid with it. And just because it can't happen exactly how you want it to doesn't mean...
0: Doesn't mean it's not going to happen and it's not happening.
1: Yeah. Sure. For sure. Um, Boom. Boom. All right. I got a couple more points here. This one's pretty obvious, but I think it's worth mentioning in that it's going to be easier to build a habit with a simple action than it is with a more complex one. So the most simple one I can think of is trying to drink two water bottles a day. Yeah. Um that's going to be one that it's pretty easy to hold yourself accountable for. Carry your water bottle around everywhere um and get it done. Um but just to, to kind of tie everything in here, there there might be a day when you forget your water bottle and you have to figure something out. So I think um but. even even the simple ones are not always going to be easy, but I would recommend that you start with something smaller and try and sustain that before you jump into something really big. And that's mm-hmm. that's sort of what we're talking about when we say when people are first getting started exercising, we'd rather have them go one to two times a week rather than trying to go six times a week twice mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's, there's a middle there. And um, there's outliers. And there's outliers, but in general. Um, lastly, so the habit formation in this article was broken down into three phases. There is the initiation phase, which is selecting the behavior in the context you want to um, have that behavior in. The learning phase, which is repeating the behavior in the same context to strengthen the relationship between the context and the behavior. Um, And stability phase, which is when the habit is formed and strength has plateaued, so it persists over time and it doesn't take much effort or deliberation to perform that behavior. Mm -hmm. So those are the three phases you're looking at. It will get easier over time and the number I found in here in terms of you always hear like 21 days to build a habit and According to this article that is totally a myth which is unfortunate because it it actually says that it takes about 66 days or 10 weeks until a habit is gotten to the point where it's in the Stability phase and it's basically automatic. So that's a long time. It's definitely a commitment um, Which (laughs) It would be better if it were 21 days, obviously, but at least you know the facts now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that it's important to mention that some habits are going to take a lot of work to uphold them. Like this summer I had an internship um, that was like basically a 9 to 5, but the only time I had uh, to get my workout in was at 5 a.m. when the gym opened because we had just gotten a puppy and I had to be home. Um, while you went to work. Um, but if I'm going to get to the gym at 5am with getting as much sleep as I can, I had to make my breakfast the night before and that was never fun. Um, it takes time. And so I think like some habits you are going to have to make other habits to uphold, Mm. like Mm. making a habit to make my... Um, overnight oh, it's the night before pack my lunch so that all I have to do um, and worry about in the morning when I wake up is brushing my teeth and washing my face drinking my water and then grabbing everything to go mm-hmm. so yeah that was one last note before we wrap up habits
1: yeah um, I do have oh one thing I wanted to to say before I finish up here is that it, it's important to be aware that even though habits, building a good habit, and quote-unquote good, is inherently a productive and positive thing, there will be downsides to them. For example, Jen ha- chose to make her breakfast the night before, and that made it super easy for her in the morning. But she's sacrificing a little bit of sleep by doing that the night before. And so there's always trade-offs. And I think you have to do kind of a cost-benefit um
0: Analysis. Analysis. There you go. Statistics. Thank you.
1: Statistics. I don't think. Um, so. <laughs> so that's 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 all I have to say about that. Lastly, I have some steps. Um, these are not my steps. These come from the article. So if they don't work, don't blame me. Um, number one, decide on a goal. Number two, decide on an action that will get you towards your goal and that you can do on a daily basis in a sustainable fashion. And I want to tweak that by saying it doesn't necessarily have to be a daily basis it could be as long as it's a consistent um time I, i don't think it matters if it's daily or not the big point there is the sustainability part um third plan when and where you will do your chosen action it has to be a place you encounter every day of the week so you can use an external cue here like every time you go on lunch break um you take a 10 minute walk For example Um, so it's important to know when and where you're gonna do these things but then also to be able to adapt when that doesn't happen number four do the action this is the performing of the habit this is the repetition this is creating something that's automatic that you don't have to think about this is how you make it easier on yourself is by being consistent and doing it day in and day out five it will be it will get easier over time like I said 66 days after 66 days, it will be basically automatic. Number six, you officially have a new habit. I, I know that everyone can do this. It just has to be something that's important to you, and you have to be calculated in the way you go about it. So hopefully we've given you guys some tools um, to to get that done. And it doesn't have to be in the gym. We want to help everyone accomplish their goals and improve themselves and, use their, their opportunities to create opportunities for other people and just do bigger things. So that's habits.
0: Yeah. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about bulking. And I feel like I should say if this isn't going to be a topic that you are interested in um, or that is going to be harmful for you to hear about... Um, we just want to be mindful that
1: we take no offense to that. Yeah, you know this is sort of a a a niche situation. Um, yeah, not everyone is going to be able to relate to this. So, so, it's
0: so okay what if you cut what it off.
1: is bulking, Jen?
0: So, bulking is putting on mass for a reason.
1: Right. So, in essence, bulking is taking in more calories than you're putting out. So, yeah. you're gaining weight. You're gaining mass, you're gaining muscle, you're also gaining fat. That is the essence of bulking. So, like we said, increasing your calorie intake over time until you reach a desired time period, weight, or goal. Mm -hmm. So, why might someone bulk both if they are a lifter or anyone that hits the gym, and what about if they're not a lifter? Would would anyone want to bulk?
0: So, if they are hitting, if they're like a gym goer, um... Or an athlete, they might be bulking because they want to look like really cool. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you might bulk because you want to hit bigger numbers. You might bulk because
1: and by that she means increase your increase strength. Increase your
0: strength. You might want to change your body proportions. So I know that sometimes people will gain weight and it will their squat will go up. Um, not only because they're gaining weight, but because they have better leverages in the squat. They're that able to. Belly. <laughs> yeah, and like your thighs get bigger. Um, your and like same goes for benching. Your ch- your chest is gonna get rounder, etc.
1: Um, just to add on to that, so I think what we're getting at here is a lot of people bulk for performance purposes. Mm. So I first started doing this, and I wasn't always successful at it. That's for sure. And I'd be happy to share why I wasn't successful at it at first, Um, because I was tired of getting pushed around, and Mm. I was an athlete playing sports, and I was always one of the shortest and smallest kids, and I was tired of that, and there's something you can do about it, the fact, Mm. I mean, obviously not everyone is blessed with the financial means to
0: obtain obtain
1: all the food they need, but if you are fortunate enough to have that opportunity, then this is within your control and you can do something about it. Um, genetics do play a part and metabolism plays a part, but I thought I, would, I, I there were times when I thought I couldn't physically gain weight. And I'm mm-hmm. sure some of you have been there. No matter how much you eat, it probably feels like that. But that's just not true. And you just have to do things like listen to this podcast and seek out good resources. And
0: Eat your Pop-Tarts. And
1: <laughs> that's part of it, for sure.
0: Um, if you're not an athlete, reasons for balking might be that it is better for your job. Say you work outside, it's cold, you're going to be a little warmer. Um, also, it might be because um, maybe you and your doctor have talked about something.
1: Yeah, we won't get too deep where, in yeah, the I'm weeds not- there, but there are definitely times when maybe people want to gain weight for gain weight for their health yeah or um, you just
0: would like to look differently yeah like, that, and
1: that's totally fine you want to get thick you want to get thicker right. than a snicker <laughs> start bulking up
0: um so like those are reasons like why people might start bulking for me i was sick the entire month before my last meet and i was at my lowest body weight in a very long time and it was making me It was making it much harder for me to recover and so I kept getting sick and then so I kept losing weight and so I realized that I needed to put on weight for my immune system and not only for like performance purposes but also for my immune system and I had a sinus infection last week and it lasted like two days because I was able to recover from it so much better at this heavier body weight.
1: Yeah, I think that speaks to you train really hard day in day out and if you don't give your body enough fuel mm-hmm. then it's going to start breaking down mm-hmm. um so that that's another reason why you have to be mindful of how much energy you're taking in and how much nutrients you're feeding your body based on stress based on and stress not in the con not just in the context of the weight room and how you're training but daily stress, stress relationship stress all mm-hmm. those things these all play a part and hormonal factors do play a role in whether you're breaking down or building up lean tissue, whether you're um which energy systems you're calling on. So if you're burning fat or if you're burning carbs, etc. um All right, let's get into it, huh? Yeah. So the big thing for me here is when you're going into a bulk, you've decided you want a bulk, you have a goal in mind, you know how much weight or what body fat percentage. I don't know why you'd bulk to get to a certain body fat percentage, but yeah. anyway, you have a reason for bulking and you you have that set in stone. Go into your bulk with the right mindset, knowing that no matter how clean you eat, you will put on some body fat. Yeah. That you will that you may be uncomfortable with the amount of food you have to eat or how often you're eating. Um you're going to have to eat foods that you've been taught that are bad or unhealthy because you need to to get you need to eat calorie dense foods to be able to get in the amount that you need in some cases um know that performance will be better in certain areas like strength cognition energy sleeping sleeping but it may suffer in others you may feel out of breath at times you may you may feel lethargic you and uh, again those hormones they may go out of whack but your body will adjust over time yeah what's up
0: yeah and i i feel like it's important to say that like when we say clean, we mean quote-unquote clean. Yeah. Because um, a lot of healthier foods are... Proce- uh, healthier, quote-unquote, are processed more than, quote-unquote, unhealthy foods. Like, almond milk would be something considered, quote-unquote, healthy. But it's been through much more process, Probably similar processing to a Pop-Tart. So, you know, when we're talking about, like quote unquote good and bad foods we're just talking about society's construction of them,
1: yeah, when I say clean and i I literally have it in quotation marks in my notes here, I more mean the narrative surrounding it um so yeah, I think that's that's a good point to include so i didn't have i wasn't planning on this, but I think it would be beneficial to a lot of people if I kind of shared why. I went so many years trying to bulk and not being successful with it, and I think a lot of it stemmed from my mindset surrounding it, Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, so in high school, when I was 15 or 16, like I said, I was always um, a shorter, smaller kid, and I was very skilled in, in sports, but a lot of times that hindered me from being the best I could be, so, I decided several times that I wanted, to, and I was, at this point in time, I was training hard. I was in the gym all the time. Um, so I decided I wanted to put on some size. I wanted to gain weight, get bigger. Um, but I was coming from a place where growing up as a kid, I, had, I was overweight and I had learned and ingrained in my head that certain foods were kind of like off limits if I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to be an athlete um, and if I wanted to be successful so i had to completely reshape this mindset those first man like two three four years of trying to bulk i didn't see a lot of success because i was trying to eat as much as i could of only foods that i had been taught or i had taught myself were healthy or clean Mm -hmm. um and the fact of the matter is that is not conducive to eating as many calories as you need to to actually bulk up so i think That's super important and if you genuinely want to get bigger, then you're going to have to be uncomfortable and you're going to have to eat foods that you aren't used to eating and Mm -hmm. once I started doing that, I started to see the number on the scale go up and I think changes in your body and changes in my body and getting stronger and feeling better. So, and I also think there uh, there will be days when you're not feeling great about your body composition and gaining weight and it's it's really tough mentally but you have to keep the bigger goal in sight and um it's a very mental thing as well so i just wanted to kind of share that and i hope that any of you who might think that like foods are off limits if you're going to be the best version of you that's just not true all food is is calories Mm -hmm. all food is energy and and chemicals, and I'm not so worried personally about like how processed it is. I, To me, at this point, food is food, and certain foods have more nutrients than others, and as long as I can make sure that I'm getting in enough of those nutrients to perform the way I want to and live my life the way I want to, then if I wanna have some ice cream or a Pop-Tart, I'm gonna have that. And that's that's kinda how I look, especially if you're bulking. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think like you were talking about um the foods that you had to change your mind about. Um, I think so. Let's say you are trying to bulk on conventionally, quote unquote, healthy foods. Imagine trying to eat like three hundred ca- like three hundred calories in Brussels sprouts. That would be It would literally be like a pound. It would be so and you're you're gonna get so full because vegetables and like conventionally healthy foods are super dense usually in fiber and fiber is gonna make you feel really lethargic really full and you're gonna have to eat so much more like volume wise. Yes. To reach the desired effect than if you were to eat something more dense in calories that might not be conventionally healthy like
1: yeah i have two things there so just to clarify you're saying we should never eat vegetables is that correct yes
0: don't eat (laughs) vegetables we're just kidding vegetables have a have a time and a place for sure
1: no but yeah that i mean what you're saying is huge and so it's important to consider not only is that going to make you incredibly full probably sick really sick and
0: you're gonna smell so bad you're
1: gonna smell awful brussels sprouts oh love and hate relationship yeah anyway The point you made about fiber, this is something that has haunted me because even though I said that I've adapted my behavior surrounding food a lot, I still, like, there are, I like Most foods that are quote-unquote clean like I stick to pretty much whole foods for the most part of my diet So I run into an issue where I'm taking in like way more fiber than is recommended and In case you never learned
0: and that's also not healthy. No,
1: it's not healthy It's gonna be hard on your digestive system and in case you never learned it's gonna make you poo or
0: you're (laughs) gonna get blocked up
1: yeah, and you don't want either of those things because obviously if you're trying to gain weight you don't want to be doing that you don't
0: you don't want to be pooping all the time
1: and nobody ever wants to have bad indigestion so just just something to be mindful of there's a fine line um and i for reference i i believe don't quote me but i this is what i go by most people do well with about 25 to 40 grams of fiber and i would recommend between 30 and 38 for most people so you definitely want to get that in because it is important Mm. um but don't go overboard that's what Mm. we're trying to say here so too
0: much of anything is bad
1: yes very much so um all right next next point here make sure that you're able to commit to your bulk for at least six months throughout this time you will want to quit you'll see people that bulk bulk really hard and then they'll go on quote mini cuts um People do this when they feel like they're putting on too much fat or they grow tired of eating so much, but you have to stick to it. If you cut down mid bulk, you'll lose a lot of that progress and that good quality muscle that you're putting on. And you'll have to do it all over again anyway. So yeah, it's it's pretty counterintuitive.
0: Yeah, I think that a better a better way to approach that would be to commit to oh, like, better. No, I mean better than doing mini cuts. Yes. Um, A better way to do that would be to have six, you know, you're allocating six months to gain mass, to change your body composition. Um, If you feel like, you know, because you're steadily increasing your calories, if you're beginning to feel like, oh, I don't know if I can continue eating this much or more, you just take a little week to, like, maintain, as in your body... Is you're not trying to gain weight You're not trying to lose weight You're just trying to keep the weight that you have on A lot of people will call this Like owning that weight Because you can get up to a weight For a day Say that Okay so I'm just going to get personal here I weighed in at 144 last week That is the heaviest I have ever weighed And that was the first time that I weighed in That much I don't own that weight yet per se Because I haven't been able to keep on to it or to, to hold on to it for um, an allotted amount of time. And that's not a weight that is um, comfortable yet for my body. But my body is going to adjust to that. And then that is going to become my maintenance weight.
1: Yeah, so you hit on two things that I think are super important there. Um, one, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But when knowing when to come out of the bulk, too, mm-hmm. is super important. Um so to do that most effectively, I think I think number 1 for most people it, it is an investment and you're going to want to allocate a good amount of time mm-hmm. to bulking up. Um
0: but you're going to get a lot of muscle.
1: Yeah, this is the best time to get stronger, get bigger, get faster. Like you're you're giving your body all this quality energy. Mm-hmm. Um and you're going to perform way better than you otherwise would. So I think it you have to look at it as an investment mm-hmm. and just to speak to what you were talking about where you might take a week to just maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, what I how I kind of approach it is there are nights when I still have a ton to eat and I tell you, I just don't think I can eat and right I now.
0: Say- eat a popcorn okay
1: and then sometimes i do <laughs> and then other times i'm like no i will be sick uh-huh. i cannot do this so i don't and i listen to my body and that doesn't put me off track it's it go, speaks to what we were talking about earlier with habits just yeah. just because i miss one day of not hitting all my calories doesn't mean that i don't have the the habit or i'm not still in my bulk
0: yeah you and like in your bulk you want your mental health and your mood to be as you know, good as possible. You don't want um to go to bed feeling crappy because you had like stuffed yourself with food. That is unhealthy. That is an unhealthy relationship with food. And you're not gonna sleep well, you're gonna be stressed out, and that is not conducive to a good bulk. Yeah. So you do wanna keep your your mood elevated and you want to um you know this is a time for you to grow in your body and in your mind. You're going to go places when you're bulking that you, you didn't go in a, in a maintenance phase. Um, so you have to consider that at the end of the day, this is more about um, developing yourself as a whole person rather than just your body.
1: Yeah. Um, then talking about like when, how, knowing when to come out of a bulk. Um, so I think the best time to come out of a bulk is one when your goals change. Mm-hmm. For example, for me, I have that I'm going to be doing a physique show this summer and if I want to look my best on stage, it's not logical that I would keep bulking up. I would try to lean out and and show all the muscle I put on while I was bulking. So, um one, if your goal changes, two, if it is taking a toll on your mental health like mm-hmm. you said, and I would definitely recommend doing what Jen said and first taking a day or a week to just maintain and Really give your yourself a chance to assess whether you want to continue or not. But if you feel like it's doing you more harm than good, then that that's a sign to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in general too, like you'll see, there will be a period where a lot of the size you're putting on is is good quality muscle. It's not all going to be muscle, but you'll be happy with where you're gaining size. Is what I'm trying to say. Like your proportions, you'll you'll look good. You'll look better. You'll look fuller. Um. But then there may be a time when you're not as pleased with where that extra energy or calories are being stored. Yeah. So if you feel like you're beyond – so I went from 155 to I'm now 175. And I feel that if I were to go much heavier than this at my height and at my current amount of muscle, it I wouldn't be pleased with the way I looked. So I've decided that for this, this bulk, I think that's about as high as I'm going to go. So it's all about m- – just being calculated and knowing um your intention when when you're doing it so explain a little bit on what a lean bulk would look like opposed to a dirty dirty bulk
0: so a lean bulk is more of a slow approach it's going to be more sustainable you have a goal in mind whether that be to put on more muscle more fat whether that just it's just to get bigger for your health um And it's more calculated. I think you have a plan about everything. Well, not everything, but you know, you are being intentional about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a slow approach where you're still being mindful of how much nutrients you're getting in. And um, typically when people take this approach, they'll at least have some idea of the rough amount of calories that they're taking in. Um, and they'll have a plan in that. So generally, when you're bulking, you're going to increase your calories over time. Um, whereas, and that's, that would be the lean bulk approach, where as with a dirty bulk, you might jump from 2,000 calories to 5,000 calories right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lean bulk is going to help you if you're looking to put on size, it's going to help you make sure more of that size that you're putting on is, is from muscle um, as opposed to fat. Which, like you said, there's nothing wrong if you're trying to put on size for the purposes of gaining fat. But I think most people are generally looking to put on muscle when they're bulking. Um, at least some muscle. Um, so that's that's more of the lean bulk approach. So then what is the difference between like tracking your calorie intake versus just eating intuitively?
0: So I think eating intuitively, a lot of people think it's just eating what your body is craving or hungry for and I wouldn't say that's right I think eating intuitively is knowing kind of the nutrients that your body needs and basing your diet around that or not diet your way of eating around that roughly Um, whereas tracking calories tends to be really strict for a lot of people it's not sustainable Um, it is much it's more calculated and I think that it you know a lot of athletes like figure competitors are going to have to take that approach just because you have to get down to a certain body fat in order uh, to win um but you know I think that for a lot of people intuitive eating might be a better approach
1: I don't I I don't necessarily disagree but I like to share my perspective I've tracked calories or tracked macros as some people refer to it the entire time I've been bulking and it's I feel that it's been good for holding me accountable and making sure that I'm actually eating enough um, so I think it, it more is on a person-to-person basis if you want to kind of take the guesswork out of it and make sure that you have something to hold you accountable if you're someone like me who would will struggle to eat enough when you're trying to bulk, then I think tracking macros is a good solution. Um, or if you're you want to be really careful about the type of size you're putting on, type of mass you're putting on, it can also be a good approach. Yeah,
0: I think it's it's also important to say like you can blend the two. Like I know mm-hmm. that you talked about how sometimes you feel too full when you come home and you're technically supposed to eat more macros but you really don't want to mm-hmm. and so you're listening to your body and your body says i don't want more food so you're being intuitive. yeah it definitely goes that. the
1: other way it's that way yeah yeah there will be days when you're you might be more hungry and you should yeah. listen to your body in that mm-hmm. case so i think you're right and i think there i i i need to be able to go out to eat and not worry about tracking my food all the time. I think that's an important skill to have. So that's where intuitive eating comes in. So to give people kind of like action steps if they decide that they want to bulk, um, your first step is going to be to start weighing yourself each day, ideally in the morning, um, after you use the bathroom and before you drink water. And you're going to want to average those weights over a week to get the most accurate results. Um, Once you have that down, I would establish um, a goal in terms of how much you're, how much you're looking to gain, and then you're gonna want to go about figuring out if you are choosing to to track your calories or track your macros. You're gonna want to find there are plenty of um calculators and whatnot online. I like the app Find Your Macros, where if you enter your height, weight, a few other um indicators, then it'll tell you how much food you need to be taking in um to for in a deficit to lose weight. To maintain and in a surplus which would be the bulking which would be gaining weight so um, that'll not only give you the amount of calories you'll you'll need and and keep in mind that this is not foolproof um, they don't know you and everyone is different so but it's a good baseline so that'll give you the amount of calories the amount of protein fat and carbs you need to eat and then you can download an app like my Pal and start trying to hit those numbers um, yeah
0: so, I think for my bulk, I've been using the RP diet. And, um, so, renaissance,
1: not, periodization, renaissance periodization, right? Renaissance periodization,
0: yeah. And I'm not sponsored by them or anything, so they're not paying not me to yet. say this. Um, But I have been using that, and they have me weigh in. They give me the option two to three times a week. So, for some people who, you know, weighing yourself can be kind of traumatic, you can do two times a week and average that. Um, So, that just means that... You add up those two weights, and then you divide it by two, and that's your weekly average. Um, it's not as accurate as weighing yourself more, but it's it's still good to know. Um, and that app doesn't tell me how many calories I'm eating. It tells me um, you know what I should be eating in my meal, so how many grams of fat, how many grams of carbs, how many grams of protein. So um, there's a lot of different routes you can take if you wanted to, to be tracking things like this, and if you wanted to just know what your meal composition should look like if you're, you know, going for a a what is it, a lean bulk? Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so and then I I would just like to add for the lean bulk, typically how I think about it is about 80% of your food is going to be quote unquote clean. The other 20% is kind of like free so you can eat whatever you want. Um that's typically how I approach that. Um so you're gonna wanna weigh yourself every day, you're gonna to wanna to figure out relative in, relatively how much you're gonna to need to eat. So if you don't wanna go the tracking calories approach, I would eat how you normally eat and watch your weight over about a week and see if you're maintaining, gaining, or losing, and then you can adjust from there. The same goes if you are deciding to track um, your macros slash your calories. Just go with whatever the app tells you and then watch it for a week and if you're losing weight, up it a little bit. If you're gaining too much weight, bring it down a little bit and just go from there. Be flexible with it. Um, if you are bulking, I find it super helpful to try to eat very frequently um, rather than having really long, really large meals and if you get an early start, that also helps. So if you eat early in the day and eat a lot of food earlier in the day, you won't be in a lot of scenarios where you are about to go to bed and you realize you have to have like an entire box of cereal or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, Lastly, to save on costs, we shop at Aldi and Costco primarily. Um, We cook in bulk at the beginning of the week, so we have a lot of food that we can prep um, and bring to work, to school. That saves a lot on costs. Um, Again, eat calorie-dense food, so mix in Pop-Tarts, ice cream, um, switch from skim milk to whole milk, switch from um, maybe from ground turkey to ground beef, um, Or go for uh, not as quite of a lean of a cut of meat. Um, Add cheese, add avocado, add start adding just more calorie-dense things. Dressings. Dressings. This is your time to kind of feed your cravings, so mm-hmm. take advantage of it. Um, lastly, we didn't get a lot of good questions. I really only got one that I thought was worthwhile, and that was, what is the best office side character?
0: So what do you think?
1: So... Just so people know, we are huge Office fans. Um, I think I started watching it when I was in 4th or 5th grade. My sister put me onto it. Um, And ever since then, it's just super comforting. I I like that I know what's going to happen. And I always find that when school gets super stressful, I start watching The Office again. Almost unconsciously. So, I used to fall asleep to it even. I just find it super comforting and funny. And it's probably my favorite show of all time. Anyway, the best side character. I'm not really sure who counts as like a side character character um but I always found Kevin really funny Mm -hmm. um and I always liked that he's like a really good basketball player and athlete in real life which I think is pretty cool um and also I guess I'll I would be interested to hear yours but my favorite episode is definitely basketball which is Mm -hmm. season one I think
0: I think my favorite one is like the um what is it? Well,
1: who's your favorite character, side character?
0: My favorite side character is Creed. Why? Um, He says, like... He's just an off-putting old man. <laughs> and... um, I don't know. You know, he just, like, says whatever he wants to say. It's really hard to put into words why I like Creed. He's creepy. He is... I really like dry humor and I feel like he has like a lot of that. Um, my one of my favorite episodes is the one where what is it? The fire drill where Dwight lights like a garbage can on fire.
1: Yeah, with a cigarette.
0: With a cigarette. <laughs> um That's that incredible. and the one where Michael burns his foot on a George Foreman grill. I'm sure Classic. I'm missing a lot, but those are my favorite too. Yeah. All right, so we will see you guys.
1: Oh, lastly, I did recently put together um, kind of some, like, nutrition guidelines. It's really broad, but if anyone is interested in that, I'd be happy to send it over. Um, you may or may not get value from it, but I'm willing to send it over for free. So if anyone wants that, just DM me um, on Instagram or find another way to get a hold of me. I'll, I'll send that over. Otherwise, we will talk to you next week. Get us in some more questions. We appreciate Um, If anyone will share this on social media, give us ratings and reviews, um, or just listening. We really appreciate you guys just listening. So um, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Peace.
0: We'll see you guys for episode seven.